Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining church. Those joining us online, you are really welcome. And if you are here and this is your first time to be with us, you're very, very welcome. If you're looking for a church, look, we have room. <laughs> but if you have a home church, take our love uh, and greetings. My name is Huntington, uh, Huntington Muyenje. I lead the ministry to the men in the church and a few other things around here. We have been on the series Reset. The box says here uh, about us getting our lives back together after the COVID-19 storm, which seems like it is, it's passing. But as it passes, it leaves us the challenge to rebuild. And uh, governments are calling it building better, building back better. And even us in our spiritual lives as Christians, we need to build back better. But what do you do? What do you do when what you're trying to do, trying to build these boxes, and you have discouragement, and you're being pulled back? You're trying to work so hard on your finances, and you just heard that the heating bills may go up 37%. What do you do when you're working so hard and your industry has something to do with truck drivers? What do you do when you are trying so hard with your relationships, but people are telling you, you're not trying hard enough, you're horrible. It just feels like you're pulling, being pulled down. The storm is over. Well, at least it's coming to the end, but its effects rage on. And they rage on in the midst of other negative forces stopping us from being able to rebuild, to reset. Many things are discouraging us. But I have some good news today. The good news today is that we're not the first to go through these things and that we can learn from others, and uh, we don't have to go through the bad experience. We don't have to go through the experience. We can learn from other people's experiences. And we have a verified account of a guy called Nehemiah, who we're going to study, who we've been studying, and who we shall continue studying in this series on Reset. We shall read today from the book of Nehemiah, Chapter 4, 12 to 23, and our topic today is building for a better future, specifically focusing on what you do when you're being discouraged. Nehemiah, chapter 4, the, script, the words will come on the screen, but if you can use your gadget or your Bible, that is also very welcome. And as I read, let's pray. Holy Spirit, your word we receive today. The Bible says that every word that comes from the mouth of God does not return to him void until it accomplishes that for which it was sent. The word we're going to read today comes from your mouth, Lord. May it accomplish your purpose in us. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Thank you. When our enemies heard that we were, we're beginning from verse 14. Sorry, I began 15. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight. Fight for your families, your sons and your daughters. Fight. Fight for your wives and for your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the war, each one to their own work. The plasterers, like Darren, continued to plaster. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried the materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. This was work with a lot of negative forces, not just building the wall. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. Then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continued the work with half the men holding spears from the first light of dawn till the stars came down. At that time, I also said to the people, have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can serve as guards by night and as workers by day. Neither I, nor my brothers, nor my men, nor the guards with me took off our clothes. This was a smelly bunch of people. Each had his weapon, and even when we went for water or to the toilet. That's my addition. That's the word of God. Thanks be to God. You people, you don't remember. Let's talk about this as a story. We know Nehemiah was a captive, a captive Israel, a Jewish captive taken by Babylonians into another country. Those guys would conquer the place and take all able-bodied people away so that you can't fight them in your territory. He was taken to Persia, which is present-day Iran, in Persia, he landed himself a powerful job. He was working with a king. And the Bible says he lived in a citadel. I looked up citadel. Do you know what citadel means? Do you know what citadel means? You want to know? Citadel is a small, you have their cities, they were walled, 
But within the walled city, there was a town that was walled. Usually the, the, the palaces were even more walled. And they lived there. The man lived a secure life. And there he was a butler waiting on the king with his wine. He was the most powerful man he worked for. He was best in a good place. And this is the setting of our story there. He hears that the walls of Jerusalem are broken and he wants to go and do something about it. Talks to the king and the king gives him permission and a bit of resources to go do the wall. That is the setting of our story. The setting of our story is Nehemiah has traveled the first few chapters we've been hearing this. He has traveled. He has arrived in Jerusalem. They have begun to build the wall, and guess what? They're halfway done, but not without trouble. There was this guy called Sanballat. He was the king of Samaria, the northern kingdom. Used to be part of Israel, uh, but you know, they did stuff and they separated. He didn't want the walls of Jerusalem built. The other guy was Tobiah to the other side of west in Jordan. I lived there. The Ammonites, they really didn't want Jerusalem to build this wall. And we shall talk about that later. When things are broken, when walls are broken, some people must step up. to do something about it. With the COVID-19, things that are broken, relationships that are broken in your own personal life, but maybe in your extended family, maybe in your work, maybe in your community, things are broken. And somebody must step up. Nehemiah chose to be that person who stood up to do something more than, and leave his comfort to do something about it. The walls. Are you doing anything bigger than yourself? As we reset, have you thought about doing something bigger than you? And I think God is looking for people who are willing to fight. Fight for your family. Fight for your son. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wife. Fight for your church. Fight for your community. God is looking for Nehemiahs. But let's talk a little bit about walls before I get into the passage itself. Because walls are important for our sermon today. When you look at walls, walls in the Nehemiah's time were for protection. They protected the city against aggressors. In fact, their competition, their opposition was from aggressors who didn't want the wall built. Because when you don't have a wall, the wolves in and out. They do whatever they want to do. Wild animals was another. In those days, they had real lions. And they would come. So having a wall was a good idea. Most cities had walls. Remember the wall of the city of Jericho? And some of you go to Turkey and these other places and you see walls. Leftovers of walls. Even Humpty Dumpty had a wall. <laughs> the walls, the life has walls. Even this building has walls. But for us Christians, why are walls important? What does it mean to us? Walls, this is my definition, are limitations. Walls are restriction, restrictions. Restraints we set for ourselves and for those we love. 
He says, fight for your family. What are you saying? Build a wall for your family. Fight for your your daughters. Build a wall for your daughters. What does that mean to us today? What does it mean for a Christian to build a wall? Walls are put there to limit us, to put boundaries beyond which we do not go. If you are a person who has no walls with your temper, if you are a person who doesn't have walls with your money, walls with your time, you will never have time for devotions, you'll never have time to read the Bible, you'll never have time to come to church, you'll never have time to make money, you'll never have time to build those relationships you so badly need with your teenager. They need so much time. S- strange, they, they're always in a hurry, but if, you, if it comes to talking to them, they want to know that you're there. If they think you are not there, walls, walls with our time. Walls with our urges. What urges are you having and what walls have you protected yourself and say, I will not give in to that urge? Walls. So as we think about Nehemiah's walls, let's remember that. There's a verse in Proverbs 25, 28. It says, he who has no walls over his own spirit, his own life, his own marriage, his own job, is like a city that is broken down and without walls. So without walls, sickness is coming. Fear comes in. Without faith walls, anxiety comes in. A city without walls is a vulnerable city. A life, a Christian who doesn't have walls to protect you, you become vulnerable. Today we shall learn how to build these walls that protect us and our families. I got that picture from internet. Um, if you can put it up. Um, about this guy who was digging. <laughs> we have seen this, I think. And digging and digging and digging. And almost close to the end to get to where the diamonds are. You see the diamonds in blue? Does the picture show that? And the guy gave up. And they wrote there, never, you never know how close you are. So never give up. So this sermon really is about people who don't give up. I read the book uh, on, this, the, on the art of war, and uh, writer there, Sun Tzu, Sun Tzu, says, the supreme art of war is subdue the enemy without a fight. And the enemy, the devil, our enemy, the devil, understands that the only way to stop us from fighting him is to discourage us. Discouragement is what I want to talk about. The enemy will do anything to discourage you because that's how you don't fight. Let's rush quickly through three points and we shall learn this. So, as I said, discouragement is the number one propaganda machine the enemy uses. He used it on Adam, he used it on Moses, on Elijah, even on Jesus. The enemy used it because he knows in a fight you have help. And that's why the Bible encourages us to stand and to fight, because we have help. Verse 14 says, after I looked 
things over, I stood up and said to my nobles, stop and look things over. That's my number one point. When things are being discouraging, stop and look things over. Remember, who sent you to build a wall? You are a child of God. Remember that. As you stop, you remember. Remember the promises God has made for you. He said, I will be with you. I will protect you. In the case, Nehemiah knew that he had the protection of the king. Stand on those promises. Number two. Verse 16 says that from that day on, half of my men did the work while the other half were equipped with spears and, and swords and the officers posted themselves behind all the people of Jerusalem. And they built the wall. Whatever happens, persist. When you are feeling discouraged in your moments of rebuilding and resetting, persist. Persist. Keep on doing what God told you to do. Keep on praying. Keep on finding help. The enemy is more afraid of you than you can ever imagine. The wall was halfway. The builders were feeling tired. You know what the enemy was feeling? Scared. They're halfway. And that's what happens. We undermine our efforts. And the Bible says, do not despise the day of your small beginnings. Persist. Keep on constructing. That will cause the enemy to give up. Do not despise those small beginnings. Nehemiah might have thought about himself, I'm just a wine guy. And that's what the enemy told him. He first told him, you feeble Jews. And they were right. These guys were never trained builders. They were never experienced builders. They had no cranes. And Tobiah brought his big job and said, oh, even a fox, when it walks on that wall, it breaks. Hey, fox. But that's what the enemy wants, to make you feel like you're flimsy, you're nothing. And God wants you to persist. In the movies, they say, watch your six. Watch the discouraging, self-limiting stories that you tell yourself and fight. I'm not educated. I'm just a black man. I am too short, too old. I can't do that. I don't speak well. The enemy is afraid of you, brother. The wall is halfway built on. First Peter 5, 8 says, Be alert and sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a rolling lion looking for someone to devour. If the enemy had what he thinks he he, he threatens us with, why, why is he prowling around? Because he doesn't have it all together. Final point is verse 20. So we have said, stand, persist. And number one point was, stop, remember. And number three, wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there, our God will fight for us. Build allies. Build allies to stand with you, to watch your back, and you to watch theirs. And this church has many opportunities to build allies. We have small groups. 
Have you seen the small group flyer on your desk, just under your chair? This. These small groups are places where you can build allies. You can build relationships. Alex, don't we have an amazing small group? Ah, when we come together, it's so beautiful. We eat donuts and drink tea and have conversations and the meeting ends and people stay in my house. But it's so beautiful, really beautiful. Yeah, this is a place to build relationships. When you are alone, a small group is a great place. We now have what we call tri-groups. Separate from tri-Sundays, the tri-Sunday, these are tri-groups, as in T-R-I. Three. And in a men's ministry, we are beginning to see them. Team began one yesterday. We know that uh, Darren has some small groups of people. I am part of a small group. And here, you talk about, I want to start studying. What do you think? Where can I find information about my daughter? I can't get the government to give me this and that. In that small group, you have someone who will truly listen to you in that tri-group. Be a part of the tri-group. Information is available on, uh, behind the church and online. You can get that information. But by all means, let's fight together. I'm going to be landing now and asking my friends to join me. But as we end, we have said in the times disruptions, we need to stop. It's come. We need to stop and recall God's promises. We also need to remember that fighting and standing is what the enemy fears the most. Let's count the small blessings that we have seen. Yes, there might be some truth. We are not experts. We're not well planned. But our Lord will fight us. And number three, we have seen that allies, they had people standing behind them. Do you have allies? God bless you.